everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today, I think I'll be the life coach. We're going to get into the basics, kids. We're going to get back to the very basic things we all need to have healthier, happier lives. How about better sleep? How about some more food? Better food, not more. We don't need volumes. We just need healthier food. How about more time to, uh, I don't know, relax. We've got a pro coming on today. Tom Rath, the author of the book, Eat, Move, Sleep, will be joining us later in the show. Also, uh, who better than Jess Littlefield, wrapping up her final week or two on the show. Cute little Jess Littlefield is going to give us all the current health trends. Jenny Layton from, uh, you know, Happy Gal, thehappygal.com. She'll be joining us a little bit later as well. We're doing it all. Back to the basics. Health, happiness. And as I look at our panel today, wow, this panel says healthy. <laughs> Michael Pond. Yes, sir. Right here. You know, a lot of Americans are not living a healthy lifestyle. No, they're not. They're messed up. Yeah. Studies, uh, the, the Center for Disease Control has done lots of extensive studies to, to monitor Americans, uh, what they do and what they aren't doing. And, uh, you know, survey says we need to do a lot better. I think it's the donut industry. You think so? I think it has something to do with donuts. And pop. Donut. And chips. What's pop? And basically all our food. You mean soda. <laughs> You're from California. Yeah. You, it, it's, yeah. it's pop here in Utah. Okay. <laughs> I did, Still okay. acclimating. Pop. Open that can of worms. Still not used to but it. So, it. So I guess we can blame everybody. It's every, it's every, it's, it's, Ameri- it's the businesses. I think it has something to do with Republicans and Democrats. <laughs> it's everybody. It, they're, they're messing me up. I would be healthier if all these other things weren't involved. Well, what are you going to do about it, Matt? You know who Nothing. the problem is. Yeah, well, I'm, that I, you is know what? the problem. I'm going to go drown myself in some pop and a donut. <laughs> We're going to save you. Don't worry. Okay. Well, We're gonna today's save the show. you, you got to save yeah. me because i got to get gonna healthy. Save you. When you go out, what do you have? Out to where? Eat. Anywhere. I have a pop. I have a diet soda. Right. He said pop. If you go to a movie, what do you have? <laughs> He's from here. I have a diet soda. And? Popcorn. And? That's all. That's all. That's all? Licorice You're not candy. one of those people that puts your hot tamales in your popcorn? No. Ew. Ooh, but that would be good. Uh-huh. Yeah. try that out. No, Sean, oh, this is the exact this is opposite going... what we should be doing. But no, I'm but saying, that's a you're great wondering idea. where it starts. Yeah. Ooh. Any other ideas we could put on our popcorn? <laughs> M&M's. Mm. Chocolate. What about Reese's pieces? Jelly, jelly bellies. Yeah, I think we're defeating the purpose of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> Actually, Jelly Bellies has a buttered popcorn flavor. Do they really? Yeah, so you could just combine. But that's the movie critic right there. <laughs> he knows all the tricks. Michael Pond, go back to the CDC. Save us. Well, you know what? Me and James went out into the field, and we wanted to see what people around town were doing. And if this was were the stu- the surveys true? Okay. Did they? What did they find out? Yeah. We're live for the Matt Townsend Show. I'm James Birdsall, and this is Mike Pond. What? We're in a car on our way to find people at the mall to tell us about their lifestyle habits. Today on the Matt Townsend Show, we're going to learn about how much sleep people get, what they eat, and what they think they should be doing better in their lives. Do you feel like you're getting enough sleep? Uh, no. What about last night? Did you? 
No, not at all. I got like five hours of sleep, to be honest. Depends on the night, probably normally like six hours. What de What is it depending on? Whether my kids sleep or not. You've got kids? Uh, kind of. You know, with a two-year-old, it's a little rough, but most days I'd say yes. No. How much sleep did you get? Five hours. Five hours? How much do you need, do you feel like you need to, to be refreshed and ready to go? Nine hours. <laughs> uh, about eight hours. Do you feel like that was enough for you to feel refreshed and ready to go? Yeah, that's good. What, what, are, what about exercise? Do you feel like you're getting enough ex exercise? Oh, yeah. Exercise, yeah. Exercise is doing good there, but food, no. Definitely not. Nope, I'm not exercising at all. I mean, I play sports, but not actually getting up and going to the gym or anything. And then um, for eating out, probably I probably eat out more than I probably should. Uh-huh, I exercise uh, every other day and eat pretty healthy. Man. Some people are doing good, but most people, yeah. sounds like they're not. That guy was yawning in the middle of your question about I know. sleep. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. And by the way, were you in your car? Cause, because you're supposed to be doing a man on the street, and yet it sounds more like a drive-by. <laughs> we, we, uh, we had the microphone out the window. Yeah. Did you slow down, apparently? Uh, you know, pretty slow. We're still moving, though. There were several people that we asked to run alongside the car okay. during the interview. To do we a wanted test. to yeah. help them, yeah. you know, get some exercise. But yeah. the, the National Sleep Foundation recommends seven to nine hours of sleep every night. Oh, yeah. You know, they, we got five, six hours yeah. of sleep. They're not getting enough How sleep. How many hours did you have last night, Michael Me? Pond? Uh, let's see. I had, I had about seven hours of sleep. I can do better. I mm -hmm. feel like I need about uh, seven hmm. and a half hours to eight hours I had to feel six refreshed. And a half. I need about 14. <laughs> Not even close. That's uh, why you look the way oh, you no. do today. <laughs> my my sleep habits have just recently changed. Actually, really? Yeah, because I'm now doing the afternoon show yes, here now at you BYU have a life. Radio. Yeah, I used to do the morning show. Right. Well, remember that was killing you, and then we said it we got to save him. It wasn't killing me. You had to get up really early. <laughs> You'd go to sleep every night about eight. Uh, actually, no. I would go to sleep in, in the ten o'clock hour usually, wow. and I would get up at four thirty. Jeez, wow. so, yeah. it was it was terrible. Well, yeah. you know, I'm going to bed at that time. That doesn't mean I'm actually going to sleep at that no. time. But now I'm going to sleep. I'm going to bed at the same time, but I'm not getting up until six thirty. Uh, so I'm see. getting more sleep now. Does it, do you feel happier? I do actually. I feel you a lot more great. energetic. You look more energetic. Yeah. You really? I've seen. I saw you kick your heels walking down the hall. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is that what? You, or did you trip? You're like, what the? It was a garbage can. Um, oh gosh. That's scary. A foreboding. Um, what? Uh, how much sleep do you get? Oh, I am like an old married person now. Eight, nine. Oh just my sleep heavens. my little life away. Holy <laughs> cow. She, she's a newlywed. You're not an old married person. <laughs> yeah. Because if you were an old married person, you would have kids. <laughs> you would get less and sleep. You, oh, yeah. You'd get less sleep. I'm just living the life paradise over here. So sleep. So the book we're talking about later in the show with Tom Rath is Eat, Move, Sleep. Okay? I've got the eat down. You think so? You think yeah. you're eating healthy? Oh, well, yeah. no, no, no. Oh. You know how to eat, yes, but do you know how to eat right? No. Okay. No. See, that's that's an issue. And most Americans aren't drinking enough water either. You know, most yeah. of the time, uh, they I, I've read a, a statistic uh, from the CDC also that they say that when most Americans have a headache, they're probably dehydrated about 70% of the time. I hmm. totally believe that. And by the way, I drink diet beverage, which is a, it's a, what's it called? It dehydrates you. It's, yes. 
What's yeah. it called? There's a word for dehydration. Dehydration. No, but what it, it's a uh, <laughs> oh man, someone's out there like it's a blink. <laughs> it's a blank, you dummy. I have no idea what you're so talking about. So do you have a number? It's actually, a diuretic. The CDC? Diuretic. Uh, <laughs> diuretic. For, for what? For Thanks. sleep <laughs> deprivation? No, for water intake. Uh, Does they have a recommendation in your? Yeah, they do, but it depends on your weight. Okay. And so if you're 115 pounds and depending let's on let's go your, higher go higher let's, let's go to 200 pounds here okay ah, that's about um, we're getting closer depending on on uh the like for one hour of activity yeah don't do uh, that way. they recommend that you have about nine and a half cups of water during the day to prepare for that if you don't exercise at all you don't need any <laughs> no yeah so <laughs> okay, about I don't, I eight don't. cups of water and the they pro- recommend oh. that you drink about what is it about uh a f- huh? Like four ounces or four to eight ounces of fluid every fifteen to twenty minutes. Oh, what, what is Wait the a CDC? Minute. That's bad. Wait a minute. But what does the CDC say about uh, diet coke beverages <laughs> and intakes? They try and not talk about that. That's on, it says on a hot day. <laughs> on a hot day. Yeah. It's so okay. bad. Okay. That's funny. That is so much water, though. I know. That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. You know, you can forty-eight drown. ounces. Forty-eight ounces in every fifteen minutes. No, yeah, you it's would just die. 15 to That's, 20 minutes. I do that once a day. Not a, a day. Ch- not a chance. Literally once a day. Yeah, I do, when I, have I read these, it seems like they, they want you to drink massive amounts of water. Yeah. Uh, I talked to a nutritionist once, and she said, yeah, you know, you should be drinking eight cups of water. But that's so much water. She says that it your is. body will adjust over time. Okay. So in the beginning, you're going to be going to the bathroom a lot. But once you make that a habit, well, your body's going to adjust. You've heard of a camel, right? <laughs> yeah. It's I like mean, that. Yeah, I mean, You'll if, adjust. if you should, that's if you're so taking wrong. in the right amount of water. Let's just be real, though, because that's the center for disease control. True. They need people sick. <laughs> oh, so gosh. some of the stats may not be nah. totally legit. <laughs> Nobody is drinking that. That's a lot of fluid. Well, if you are, do you think you're doing the recommended amount of exercise that they recommend? What is the recommended amount? So for an adult, 30 minutes a day. And the CD says 80% of American adults don't get the recommended amount. So if you're doing yeah. two and a half hours of moderate in- intensity aerobic exercise each week, you're on the ball. How much? Two and, two and a half and hours a, half? a week? I'm or, actually or doing one that. hour this and 15 week. minutes this of week, I, I did that. This, this week, Not I've done an hour every night. I, oh, that's pretty so good. So that's amazing. 30 minutes, uh, three times a week or four and then I always I sweat so much I get these Two really weird hours, headaches 30 minutes five times a week oh, five, I don't know what yeah. that's about the diet coke it's probably the, the dehydration diet <laughs> but see that's a lot that's two and a half hours that's not a lot I mean really they're not other than the water that's a lot but they're not asking a lot no I think that's a lot 30 think, minutes five times a day or five times a week I, oh I thought it was two and a half oh it's two and a half that's hours coming by the way okay. from the girl that sleeps nine hours a night <laughs> yeah with no kids. I'm sleeping. You guys are working out, apparently. Yeah, I don't we're know. working out. Drinking we're water. Drinking our water. Actually, <laughs> I'm up five times a night because I drank 48 <laughs> ounces an hour. Not pretty. You know, and a lot of these are interrelated. The studies show that if you're not getting enough sleep, you eat more and vice versa. Yeah. And then, so, so, so you, you heal in a very holistic way. That is the goal of the show. Back to the basics hydration, exercise, you know, eating healthy. Sleep and beef jerky. Please sleep. It's a good life. Beef jerky. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Tom Raff, the author of Eat, Move, Sleep. Up next.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. Today we're talking again about uh, the basics, you know, getting your life in order. And maybe the fastest way to do that would be to start with just the basics. How about just how you eat and how much you move and how much you sleep? That is the topic of today's discussion. We are going to give you some tools, solutions to create a healthier, maybe happier life for you. Our guest today is Tom Rath. And interesting, this is, again, I get all sappy, but uh, one of my favorite books of all time was written by Tom Rath um, years ago. And um, we'll, we'll get into that, I think, as we as we go through this. How Full Is Your Bucket was the book, and also his other book, Strengths Finder 2.0, both best-selling books, New York Times bestsellers. Uh, but Tom Rath is... He's 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 a writer. He's an author. He is somebody that in the last decade has uh, has really kind of taken off. He works with a, as a senior scientist and advisor to Gallup Inc., where he spent more than 13 years leading Gallup's research and consulting on employee engagement, strengths, and well-being. Imagine if you had the Gallup organization's research behind you, and you could then go start learning and gleaning information from that great research. Our guest today, Tom Rath. That's what he does, day in and day out. Uh, so I'm so honored to have him. Today we're talking about the book Eat More, uh, Eat, Move, and Sleep. Uh, you can go to his website, eatmovesleep.org, where we can learn more about that. Tom Rath, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be talking with you, Matt. It really is a dream come true in a way, because I can't tell you how many people I've given your book um, on Strengths 2.0, had them take some of the the assessments and figure out you know what, maybe life's better if you work from your strengths instead of your weaknesses. Yeah, it makes things a lot easier. It seems it seems like the, the kind of the way to go, the the, uh, the fastest way is maybe to go where you're working. Now you've got this new book released in 2013, uh, Eat, Move, Sleep. Why, why don't you just kind of clue us in on that? Teach us a little bit how that book came to be and uh, what, what your main points behind that are. Yeah, you know, that book was the convergence of a couple of things that I'd been working on for several years. One was that um, when I was 16 years old, so well over two decades ago now, I was diagnosed with a a very rare disorder that essentially causes cancer to grow all over the body Mm. over a lifetime. Oh, boy. um, So I was, at that time, my response to that was just to try and figure out everything I could do to uh, improve my odds of living a little bit longer and better health. So I've been researching uh, well, all the little things that I could do to maybe extend my own life uh, for almost 10 or 15 years now. And in recent years, I've spent even more time trying to help friends and loved ones who were battling uh, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and the like to figure out a few things that they could do to live a little bit longer. And at the same time, while running Gallup's consulting business, I realized that Poor health is also one of the biggest business challenges mm, that yeah. big organizations face today because it's, I mean, not only is it breaking their bottom line from an unsustainable health care cost standpoint, but so many people that we know just show up at work each day and don't have anywhere near as much energy as right. they could or should as a result of poor health. So at that point, I decided to kind of go off the grid for several months and pull together all of the best information I'd been able to find over more than a decade about the little things that anyone could do to have a better day tomorrow and then ideally live longer in the process. This is, it's uh, it's powerful because it, it's real to you. This is something you've learned. I mean, I just sit there and think, 
you know, how great would it be to be able to go figure out Matt's code? The code to a healthy mat. How much sleep does Matt need? What? How much exactly? What kind of food works better with me? What doesn't? How much should I be moving? And if we could all kind of create and figure out our code, it seems like, you know, at least we'd run cleaner. We'd run healthier. But in the end, we'd probably work more effectively like you're talking about. You did make the move from a corporate in- world where you were talking a lot about employee engagement and so it seems like such a natural segue to be working on kind of the emotional, the healthy, the physical side of the individual. Yeah, it's a piece of what we all need in order to not only be more effective in our work, but just to kind of give back, give more back to society and enjoy our lives in the process there. And what was so interesting to me as I went through all of this research is the fact that, um, you know, even in my own rare circumstance where I essentially lost the genetic lottery and had the body's most powerful tumor suppressor just isn't present, that still wasn't a very good motivator huh. for me to make better decisions about what I have for dinner tonight. Oh, and wow. what I realized was the same thing is true for anyone who has a history of heart disease in their family. And I mean, heart disease and cancer are killing two out of three people nowadays, so there are a lot of common elements here. Right. And so my discovery from that work is I needed to figure out ways to help myself and people I care about to connect short-term incentives so they make a better decision about what to eat tonight because they know they need to have a good night's sleep and they need some energy tomorrow. And then you start to connect those dots and they accumulate over time. It's uh, it's interesting how much research you did. You really dug deep, didn't you? And w- what are some of this, just kind of the top of the shelf, what, what are some of the ideas, what's some of the research that stood out to you the minute you got into the, the that end of trying to figure out eating, moving, sleeping? Yeah, the first thing that jumped out at me is, that, like a lot of people, I've studied popular diets over the years, and it's easy to jump from one thing to the next, and there are really good elements of a lot of different diets if you try and pull that into something that's sustainable from an eating standpoint. So that was one central element. The other big discovery for me is that I might have thought it was easier to just focus on eating for several months and work on that or just focus on a new exercise regimen, but it turns out that researchers have studied this in experiments. If you assign people to work on both a new eating program and a new activity regimen at the same time, they're a lot more successful at each one independently than if they were working on them in isolation. So when you eat better, it's easier to get a good night's sleep. When you get a good night's sleep, it's easier to work out the next day. And they start, if you do all three things in combination, it leads to upward spirals where you have progressively better days, day after day after day, just like doing poorly in one of those areas, a bad night's sleep can derail the whole thing. It's it, There's a synergy between it then, again, I guess. the. Right. The, the food, I guess the energy, the, the sleep you need, the amount of uh, the work you actually need to do. Did you, did you find that, um, was a lot of the research you were finding, did, did, they, did they counteract, did they contradict? Were there, and because that's what's funny about this industry is there's so many diets, but then so many of them seem to go head to head with each other. A high protein, high carb, what's the, how did you sort through that? You know, with diet, every, I mean, it, there there's many opinions about diets as there are people in our right. country. And, um, with diet, I think there a lot of times people get so hung up on a specific approach or one specific mechanism. But when you look across all of those programs, I mean, there's nobody out there telling you that you should eat more sugar because it's good for your health every day. <laughs> and there's no one telling you you should have more trans and saturated, have as much as you can get, much fat as you can get. And there really aren't 
many diets. I mean, there are probably a few on the fringe saying that you should just maximize the carbohydrates in your diet every day. Right. right? So you can, I, personally, I think you can pull commonalities across that. And there's no one's telling you that green leafy vegetables are bad for your health. So <laughs> the more and more you can load of those into your diets, it's going to help you out over time. So diet was one area where I had to sort through a lot of information and boil down to some of those essentials. But um, when it comes to moving and sleeping, there are some things in there that I think a lot of people don't realize, but they are pretty clear from the research, and there's not much controversy about it, and there are little things that we can do. And, and you're saying little. Again, there's the word right there, right? Small choices that lead to big changes. So, you, I mean, the irony of this is we're not asking for big things to happen. You're just saying you get a few small moves going on in how you eat, how much you move, how much you sleep. There's a synergy between those, and you'll see big changes. Yeah, I think one of the problems a lot of us get hung up on with diets and activity regimens, it's, you, you don't need to go train to run a marathon, and you don't need to completely transform your diet or lose 20 pounds in the next three months. It right. starts with building a few new steps. I mean, it could be something as simple. Let me give you an example. I, I challenged myself several years ago to just uh, take the artificial sweetener and the creamer out of my coffee for a week, and I figured if I could do it for a week, Maybe that little step would last and help a bit. And sure enough, once I eliminated that from my daily routine, I craved uh, less sweets later on in the day, and it helped me to do other things that I wasn't even expecting because yeah. I made one small change. Isn't that – it's just funny. We, and you don't even know the impact it's going to have, again, I guess, if you're not focusing on those those small steps. What what has this done for your family? I mean, are they bought into this, friends? Are you Are you now – the the profit of eat move sleep is that are you becoming converted you know the, the irony is that i i don't i've never felt comfortable even preaching to a close <laughs> immediate family member or loved one about any of these things so maybe that's why i felt the need to put it together in a book that's it yeah um, buy my book but but it's but it has you know i mean one of the things that's made a big difference with my immediate uh, family members and friends in particular is i i didn't realize until i got into all the research that even if I was working out an hour every day, that didn't counteract the eight or nine hours that I spent on my rear end every day. Huh, so, yeah. I mean, just getting our whole family moving and out and about every day, getting a little outdoor time just for the sake of maximizing movement and steps and walking somewhere makes a difference. And then with, with sleep, we've kind of learned that I grew up in this culture where sleep was the first thing you put off, and it was a badge of honor to say, I can get by on four hours of sleep. Yeah, it turns so out proud. we really need a good seven or eight hours to be effective. So we've essentially built that into family value with our three-year-old and five-year-olds where we're not sending them to go to bed or to their rooms to sleep when they're doing things wrong. We talk about the importance of sleep a little bit more. So it has changed those patterns a bit, especially as a parent. It's powerful, really, again, because I'll send my kids to bed and then I'll notice that they're up there playing for two hours. And I, if, if I wasn't so tired and winded of having to climb the stairs to go get them, and I'm yelling and they don't seem to be listening, um, yeah, then we just kind of let them go. Little changes, and uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get into this deeper. We're talking with Tom Rath, the author of Eat, Move, Sleep. He's a New York Times best-selling author. The man has sold a lot of books, but I think more importantly, you know, this is this is a passion dear to his heart, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, hopefully, we can all find the little changes, the little choices we need to make. When we come back with Tom, we're going to be asking him, what are some of the small choices we can make every day to create bigger changes? More with Tom Rath right here on the Matt Townsend Show, right here on BYU Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are taking on just the basics. How about just better food, better activity and movement, more effective sleep patterns, understanding what your body needs. Today we're talking with Tom Rath, the author of Eat, Move, Sleep. Again, one of my favorite authors. He's written two or three books, How Full Is Your Bucket and Strengths Finder 2.0, that for me are must-haves. I'd have them in your library, and I would read and understand the power of, uh, of you. I mean, really, especially all these people out there that are looking at maybe job shifts or finding new employment, How Full Is Your Bucket and Strengths Finder 2.0, awesome, incredible books, I believe, to, to get a leg up and to figure out, really, you know, who you are and what you're going to offer your organization. Now, a new book out from Tom Roth, Eat, Move, Sleep. This is a book uh, that is, again, it's it's about life. It's about the basics. Tom Roth is considered one of the most influential authors of the last decade. He's a researcher, and he he's a senior scientist and advisor to the Gallup organization, where he previously spent 13 years leading the organization's work on employee engagement, strengths, and well-being. He's moved from the corporate world in this book uh, more to a personal focus, and he's trying to teach us today how to uh, how to take small choices that lead to the big changes in our life. Tom, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks so much. Really, uh, again, your history suffering a, a very severe situation, a, a severe, I guess, illness, I don't know what we'd call it, uh, something you had to go figure out how to live a healthier, happier life, and uh, in a very serious way, potentially life-threatening, um, and you put together the book based on a ton of research. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how the if you look through... Most people have uh, some type of risk of the. I mean, the two the two big ones in the U.S. cancer and heart disease, and um, to a large degree, the more we learn about those two uh, predispositions and ailments, it turns out that about I mean, the estimates vary a little bit, but somewhere between 60 and 70 percent of all of those cases could be preventable if we made the right lifestyle choices on a day-to-day basis. So, oh, wow. I mean, there's the, if you look at the extraordinary amount we're spending in health care that's kind of reform around the edges where the real root of the problem is our behaviors on a day-to-day basis and we've essentially founded a lifestyle here in the united states that's now spreading around the world that's not sustainable it's not sustainable economically but most importantly it's not sustainable if we want the people we care about to live a full life yeah i mean 60 to 70 percent of the illnesses people are dying from are lifestyle oriented. We we could fix this. But you also mentioned earlier, it's not even knowing you may have something terminal, even knowing something you may have something that could take your life. It's still so hard to overcome the basic lifestyle choice. Yeah, you know, a good example that happened to me when I was in the middle of working on this book was my uh, mom invited our whole family, wife and kids to go out to a nice brunch in downtown Washington, D.C., where we live on a beautiful day, about 70 degrees and sunny out. And uh, Sure enough, we show up there, and there are only three options on the menu. So you can either get the donuts with chocolate sauce, or <laughs> I thought I was being healthy by ordering the Eggs Benedict, which yeah. came out with biscuits and gravy and yep. fried potatoes on the side, and then they brought us a few free donuts anyhow. And, <laughs> um, sure, sure enough, like, anyway, I don't have that much willpower, frankly. I, I went ahead and ate most of what was on the table there, and... Later on that day, it's a gorgeous day. My 
daughter who was four at the time is asking me to go out to the neighborhood park and I'm so wiped out on the couch. I don't have enough energy to be a good dad. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that was a lot better motivator for me to make a much better decision about what I got to eat the next time we went out to brunch than the fact that I have kidney cancer or pancreatic cancer growing at the moment. You know, again, it's more personal, I guess, right? It's your girl saying, Daddy, come on. But, you know, you also have to eat. So if I have to choose between donuts and eggs Benedict, I'm going with the eggs. Cause it's personal, but it's also immediate. Where it is, if, isn't it? If, I mean, as scientists study this in the workplace, workers who go out and have a very high-fat meal at lunch, they have what they call a high-fat hangover in the afternoon. They're not as effective <laughs> in their job. So yeah. if, if you start to connect those dots, it, it's a lot more practical. They even And they feel it, right? They've, everyone's felt the 2 o'clock, ugh, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. And yet, again, I guess we... I guess, is it we're psyched out? We think it's too big of a choice we have to make? We think it's too big of a change? It Are we lazy? Be, I, what you know, is one, it? That's where, I mean, we all have a little bit of that. I mean, I don't, I don't, most people don't have enough willpower if something is sitting in front of them to make the right decision. So I've learned to essentially structure the defaults around me so it's at least a lot more difficult to make an indulgent choice. So I've always got a pack of mixed nuts in my work bag when I'm traveling that I can grab instead of eating a candy bar at mm. an airport store. Or it's putting fresh fruits or vegetables, carrots, apples, things like that, out in your office, out in your home. So that's the first thing you see instead of a bag of chips. And perhaps most importantly, the big choices occur when you're in the grocery store aisle. And if, if, if a bad food never makes in your cart in the first place, you, there's no way you can turn to it That's in a so week moment at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. And so if you know your weakness, play against it, right? I guess start with mm-hmm. start with a solution to your most common weakness. Yeah. If you're time-challenged, yeah. have snacks that are healthy that you can just eat instead of needing to quickly go get the fast food. Yeah, you essentially save up your willpower throughout the day for the bigger battles if you don't have to make those choices all the way along. What What were some of the biggest surprises you learned in all of your research? Again, the book, Eat, Move, Sleep, there's probably a lot of things we're doing that we think we're getting ahead, and maybe we're not. Yeah, the, one of the biggest things, I think, for me was the realization that our lack of movement throughout the day is, is a much more serious problem than I ever would have guessed. I, the, there was a, a study out recently showing that um, if you look at people in the United States who are obese, they average uh, women average about one minute of vigorous activity per month. Oh, wow. uh, and obese men average three minutes of vigorous activity per month. So we spend, I mean, even though I thought I was active, we spend somewhere between 8, 10, sometimes 12 hours a day just sitting down and if we don't break that up every 20 or 30 minutes by just, I mean, even standing up and putting your arms in there gets your blood flowing again and um, stops the buildup of what's going on inside arteries and keeps the electrical activity in your legs moving. If you can start with little steps like that and just moving around a little bit every 20 minutes or trying to sit and stand desk, which a lot of people are moving to, yeah. let alone eventually I started I wrote this book while I was walking on a homemade desk I put over my treadmill in the basement. <laughs> and I, I ended up doing that permanently and still do that to this day because I just have a, a different level of energy uh, throughout the afternoon and evening if I force myself to be moving around earlier on in the day. So you walk and you wrote a book on a treadmill with a makeshift desk and you can type and walk on a treadmill? 
Yeah, as long as you stay around 1.5, maybe if you get good at it over time, you can get to two miles an hour. There's some How fascinating. Uh, really interesting experiments showing that people are about 10% productive, once they get 10% more productive on average across professions once they get used to the walking. It takes a little adjustment in the first weeks, but um, now... Oh, that's fascinating. Just, when I'm traveling and I need to sit in an office chair in a hotel to work for a full day, I can feel that effect and how yeah. much... I, my body doesn't feel anywhere near as good as when I have my um, office workstation where I'm used to walking now. And even when I'm on phone calls, I've instead of sitting down in between when I was walking, I put a pedal desk in that really doesn't make much noise. So when I'm on phone calls, I'm at least my legs are moving and I'm pedaling a bit. That is incredible because I, I drive 40 minutes to do this show every day. And I have a ton of energy going great. I, I sit in the morning and work with clients, so about five hours of client work. Uh, which is exhausting, but I usually run around in between each client. Um, in the end, though, when I get in my car and drive here for 40 minutes, 35 minutes, I'm, I get here exhausted. And then I, I sit two more hours, stressful, and then I drive again. And by the time I'm home, I'm spent. And I really believe it's the drive that's killing me. It's the sitting, I guess. Yeah, and you know the, the really good news is that there are now so many options emerging that don't cost that much at all in, that allow you to sit up or to stand up and sit down while you're working that allow you to i mean i mentioned the pedals that i put under a desk for when i'm on phone calls that that machine costs two hundred dollars which is a decent amount of money but pales into comparison yeah. for what it's doing for your health over the span of twelve months and you see a uh, tangible benefit though pedaling and doing an activity physical activity Plus, you're, I mean, you're burning calories the entire time. Right. The, the interesting uh, study I just uh, posted on uh, Twitter that I was reading earlier today revealed that people, when they, when they have people walking, even if you walk on a treadmill in a room looking at a bare wall, people who were doing that experiment had 60% more creative ideas and thoughts on an assessment Huh. than people who were sitting down the whole time in a similar room. So it, it helps your creativity. You might think it's distracting yeah. to have your legs moving, but if you're going at a slow pace, it enhances your creative thought as well. So that's the move part of your, bo uh, your book, Eat, Move, Sleep. you got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in little steps again. It's, you, don't have to, yeah. you don't have to run a, even a 10-minute mile, or you don't right. have to work out 30 or 60 minutes a day. That's the thing is we see our friends that start exercising and now they're running marathons and they're doing all these Ragnar races. And to me, I'm like, I've seen people at a marathon and they look miserable. <laughs> so when I go run my three miles, I'm thinking, OK, to do this, to do a marathon, that's just crazy. You're saying don't get caught up in the myth. You got to go run 10 miles. Just keep moving. Yeah, go. I mean, go. Just go for ten thousand steps a day. It's a great general guideline. And if you put a, I mean, you can put a. There are free step counters on iPhone and Android now that you can use that are pretty reliable. Or five dollar pedometer, or one of the more uh, advanced uh, Fitbit Jawbone type clips that people are using nowadays. Yeah. That's. I'm really encouraged by the, the movement I see where there are work teams and group, social groups and faith-based groups all over the country right now who are comparing the number of steps they're taking, and they know what 5,000 versus 10,000 versus yeah. 15,000 is. And I'm hopeful that will 
create a little bit of change over the next five, ten years is technology helps us to see how little we were moving mm-hmm. five, ten years ago. Uh, it's powerful. Eat, Move, Sleep is the name of Tom's book. Tom Raff, we're going to take a break. We're coming back. The big question we're going to ask when we get back with Tom is changing. Is it really possible? Uh, can you really make these changes? I mean, he's giving us great examples, but I, I, I bet you Bucks he's got some pretty deep research about how we can change, some other things we can do to actually increase the likelihood that change will take place. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More with Tom Rath after this break. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about the little things that make a big difference in your life, the small choices uh, that can create big changes. Our guest today, Tom Rath, uh, author of the book Eat, Move, Sleep. He is a senior scientist and advisor to Gallup organization where he had previously spent 13 years leading the organization's work on employee engagement, strengths, and well-being. He's a New York Times bestselling author, sold 5 million-plus books. How Full Is Your Bucket was uh, one of his number one bestsellers. Another one of my favorites book was Strengths Finder 2.0. Go get that book and figure out what your top strengths are. What are you really, really good at? And then start changing your life from your strengths. Instead of just working on, I've got to get better at this and this, you might want to work from your strengths. Uh, again, Tom Rath is his name. Eat, Move, Sleep is the name of his book. And if you go to eatmovesleep.org, you can you can see everything about the book. Hey, so here's the deal. Last week, I had a chance to go um, to work with some firefighters in Salt Lake City. And they let me go, you know, dress up in all the gear, fight fires, put on the mask. It was really pretty cool. But one of the things they had, they have an alarm. When you put the oxygen masks, those masks on, uh, they have an alarm that basically, you know, makes sure that you're getting enough oxygen. It tells the alarm sounds when you're running out of oxygen. Very important things, by the way. That They also go off anytime you don't move. If you don't move your body enough, in about 30 seconds, it will sound. So the goal of that for the firefighter is to keep moving because a firefighter that's not moving but is on oxygen is usually not a good sign. And I thought, I really thought of your your concept here. If we had an alarm that sounded in a very loud way every time we quit moving, we would probably get conditioned to the movement idea. Problem is no alarms. I think we're getting closer there with all the technology. I have a um, friend who's on a board of a local zoo, and they were looking for a new elephant. It turns out that because of all the regulations around animal welfare, that even elephants, they have to have activity trackers on them, and it's considered abusive if they don't have enough steps in a given day. Oh, and that's really? tracked on a daily basis when you're looking for any types of animals in an environment like that, but yet... We don't think about the basic human needs yeah. of people to be moving throughout the day in the modern workplace. So we've, kinda, we've essentially engineered activity out of the way we work so that we're, you have to have a printer five feet away. You 
park at the very do circles so you park right next to the door and right. park in the back of the lot and getting 50 steps so we've got to re-engineer that to some degree it's uh and then yeah and then we we put all these people in pins that kind of hold them in so they can't leave they're trapped mm-hmm. on a floor i mean they really are the elephant it's interesting we sometimes care maybe more about the elephant or whatever or animals than maybe we do our own employees at times talk about the right. change talk about how we go about just finding the smallest choices and, and how do we begin to create the change we need to make? Yeah, you know, part of that is is really individualized and it's why we put together a little inventory on the website that's free for anyone to go to on that eatmovesleep.org site where they can um, talk about their current behaviors and then say, what are just a few of the things you might want to start with in the next 30 days? So if you're having trouble with your sleep, it might be as simple as uh, trying to figure out if you turn the temperature down two or three degrees from what you're used to at night, because that usually helps people to not only fall asleep but stay asleep through the night. Yeah. It might be cutting out your electrical devices in the hour before bed, especially laptops and smartphones, where not only does the light from those devices suppress your melatonin and make it difficult to sleep, um, but it also causes some of those thoughts to enter your mind about an email debate uh, that you don't need to be woken up at 2 in the morning about. Right. There, there are little things like that that if you, if you start to build them into your routine, then one good night of sleep, you get up the next morning and you actually feel like working out for once. If you work out in the morning, that boosts your mood for 3, 6, and 12 hours out when it's studied. So you feel a lot better. You're making better dietary decisions throughout the day. You're getting more done. And it, it just takes a few small things to start one of those upward spirals. Yeah, it's it's one victory begets a million. Stephen Covey used to say that. Obtain your victory early. You have one victory early in the day, and it'll kind of set up every other victory throughout the day. It, it seems basic, doesn't it? And again, I guess most of your research has come up with, yeah, you know, basic ideas, and yet we struggle yeah. to make the change. Right. I mean, you, you talk about how full is your buck. I mean, that's so simple that every every time you have an interaction with someone at a counter, at a restaurant, whatever it might be, that those things either pick you up a bit or take it down. It's a simple thought. Same yeah. thing with the strengths concept you were talking about where, I mean, if you're going to invest an hour in developing something about yourself, you just have a greater return if you invest in an area where you have some natural talent to start with instead of an area that you've always been lousy at. Right. And I mean, those are, those are all pretty simple thoughts, but yet we need some reminders to figure out how to plug those in on a daily basis. Well, and maybe that's it, though. Maybe you start, when it comes to eat, move, sleep, start where you're stronger. I mean, for me, I'm a dominant sleeper. I can, I've mastered the sleep. It's the move and the eat I don't do so well. But again, if I've had a good eight hours, you know, and then I can set up, like you said, a really good exercise regimen and and obtain that in the morning. I always do my exercise at night, which is just backwards because I'm I'm totally jacked up at 1130 at night, tons of energy, sweating like a dog. I need to now keep my phone on, but maybe if I could do that earlier, I might be able to then eat healthier. I've noticed if I exercise, I'm much more inclined to eat better. I'm not going to waste yeah, three hours on or three, you know, an hour on a treadmill for nothing. And you also, I mean, if the, well, I've always thought about, you know, working out, by the way, working out late in the day is a much better idea than is not it? working out at all, yeah, that's according true, huh? to everything I've read. Yeah. But, but if, you, if you work out at night, you essentially sleep through that 12-hour mood boost that you get if you... That's true. So that, that helps me to think about the need where I'm traveling, especially if I need to be sharp or I need to be in a good mood. I better make sure and get a little bit of that activity early on. And I think you're onto something about building on an area where you already have some strength because 
I mean, sleep is one of the most undervalued currencies oh, yeah. out there today where we all want someone to show up if they're going to operate on us or fly <laughs> our airplane tomorrow and say that they had a good night's sleep, not four hours sleep, which no, is right. like having a six-pack of beer. And But yet we don't hear leaders talking about that much. I'd rather hear someone say, boy, I feel well-rested instead of, mm-hmm. oh, I only got a few hours sleep, which is a lot more common and acceptable to say. I mean, you can almost see certain presidents, if they're like, you know, I like to cut my day out at 8 so I can go get my 8 hours of sleep. Everyone would be like, what? You're the president. Right. You need 3 hours. Or I'm big into napping. What What did you learn about napping? I never get one. I try to take one when I'm driving, but the police don't like it. Um, what, what did your research find about napping? You know, I think napping's a very good idea for places where it's practical and and in a lot of countries around the world, it's very practical. Yeah. In the American workplace, especially in larger businesses, it's just it's outside of maybe startup tech companies, it's just not as practical yeah. or acceptable as I think it should be. It's going to get you killed uh, because when you look when you look at sleep overall, it's really about how much you get in a 24-hour period. So that could be a couple of four-hour chunks at night. That could be a six-hour chunk at night with a two-hour nap in the middle of the day. It, it really does operate on a 24-hour cycle. Mm. Again, you're you're right. Uh, we totally underestimate its value. Take it away. If they if they just government mandated you're only allowed two hours of sleep, we'd start wanting it again. It's a, it's a big deal. And you know, I watch my teenager just struggling to death to get his. He doesn't get eight hours to get his six hours. We would let him get nine hours, but he won't go to bed when we say. He hates to wake up when we ask him, and so. You know, just watch a teenager long enough, you'll know the power of sleep. Mm-hmm. How, did sure. you, how did you get used to uh, the book treadmill? You just put it up there. You put your computer on your makeshift desk. I mean, I, half the time I'm leaning on those rails anyway that, that surround the treadmill. So you just slow it down, and y- your body just gets adjusted to it. Because your yeah, eyes you are know, shaking. First... That's what I'm noticing. Like, is I, I have a hard time reading on a treadmill, let alone writing yeah and i have trouble reading when i'm in motion doll but so i was skeptical about whether it would work for me and that's why instead of going out and buying an expensive treadmill desk i just went to home depot and put a particle board over my existing treadmill that wasn't getting enough use to see if it was at all practical that's great and sure enough it, i mean it took a little while to adjust there but eventually after a couple of weeks i realized that if i stayed down at 1.5 miles an hour which is I mean, maybe half of a real brisk walking pace, that it's just as easy to read. It's just as easy to use a keyboard and the trackpads that I have on my computer there. Um, And you you almost forget that you're walking to the uh, the degree that I had a a power outage recently in a storm here in D.C., (laughs) and I was drinking my coffee and using the keyboard and mouse at the same time, and that (laughs) threw me forward and caused a lot of problems. I bet it did. That was when I realized that, Essentially, you get so used to it, you you forget that you're walking and getting that activity, which is good. Yeah. Because then you can be real focused on your work. I, I love it. To me, that's brilliant. Because again, anything right now, I think that can create energy, ch- change kind of our paradigm on this. I think is going to be valuable. Uh, talk about just as we wrap up. We only have about two minutes left. I always like to ask, you know, what's the one thing that is the big thing. So if you think about your book, Eat, Move, Sleep, what would you say is the one thing that makes the difference? That if you if you if we could only get one thing right out of everything we could learn in the book, what what is that one thing? 
I think it would be to start making decisions about the way you eat and move and sleep like tomorrow depends on it. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, I come from this background of this big genetic risk of, you know, I'm trying to live like life depends on it, and that seems so overwhelming, and it is to a lot of people with health diseases and risks and risk factors. But if you just act like you're going to make a few decisions, whether it's about your diet or your exercise or your sleep habits, so that you can have a better day tomorrow, I found that's a pretty good way to start building a few small wins into your routine. Yeah. Well, that it's such a huge motivator, and uh, again, like it's seen, it you know my mom gets has a health issue, and then all of a sudden we all gather around, and now everything's heightened, and health is important, and relationships are so raw and real. Uh, maybe if we just put our minds to it, we don't have to wait for the problem; we can anticipate it. That's my hope. I've, I started working on this book at kind of an acute point of pain, where I had three or four friends who were my age. Um, pass away from heart disease and cancer in one month and kind of said, you know, enough is enough. I'm not going to solve these problems or help people with these problems when it's that far along. It it starts with the people who look like they're doing incredibly well today and helping them to make decisions so something like that doesn't happen when they're 40 or 50. That's right. And, And well done, Tom. Really, everybody, go check out the book, Eat, Move, Sleep. Go to the website, eatmovesleep.org. Again, free downloads, free evaluations, assessments you can take, all of those things just to give you a leg up, to try to figure out where to begin. Tom Rath. And again, we're going to have Tom back. I, I, we're gonna, I really want to talk to him about all of his great books, How Full Is Your Bucket, Strengths Finder 2.0, Strengths-Based Leadership and Well-Being. Well done, folks. I hope you got a little motivated there. I'm, I'm going out right now, get some particle board and start my treadmill, my treadmill walking book. Um, We'll see how that goes. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, your relationship coach. Today, I'm your life coach. I'm going to help you do some of the little things, find some goals about the little things that we need to work on, our health, our activity, even our sleep. And uh, we've asked, who better? Who better than little Jess? Now, Jess, we're losing Jess in just a few weeks. Yep. And it makes me sad to even bring up. Week and One a half. Week and a half. One week. Week and a half. One week, I'm being told, and a week and a half, I'm being told. Sometime in the next two weeks, uh, we're going to lose Jess. But Jess, before she leaves, wants to make sure that everybody is healthy. Yeah. And you're taking the lead of the First Lady. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Michelle Obama. Obama. I think that that is a huge thing when we're talking about health. That was the first thing I thought of was Michelle Obama has been pushing it and pushing it and pushing it ever since President Obama got into. I mean, that's that's the White House garden. Yes, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be great to go to D.C., be walking by the White House and see Michelle out there in the garden pulling her carrots out of the ground, the radishes? They eat out of it. Mm -hmm. It's they. The White House is healthier. I've walked by the White House before, and President Clinton's dog. Remember that brown or that chocolate lab? Came up and licked my hand. Mm -hmm. I've been licked. That dog then got killed in a tragic accident in new york 
Well, it was sad. So he got hit by a car, but um, but he licked my hand. That's fine. So I, you know, when I walk by, I'll look for them in the garden. Okay, yeah. Maybe they bring me a carrot. Yep. Michelle has been really good. I think that what you just talked about with um, Tom Rath, he knew yeah. what he was talking about for sure, um, how to anticipate change when yeah. it comes to health. I think that um, Michelle has noticed that we're a little bit past that. We're a little bit already <laughs> we're, we're in the deep apart. end. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're coming America unglued. is way, way out of control, and she's like just trying to keep us above water it's, at this point. It's sad. Isn't that crazy where we... We're we're losing it. Like we're we're sliding out of control. Yeah, it's, as a country. And I I think that we I this is just a prediction from little old me. But little old Jess. Little little Jess. Me, little Phil prediction. Here we go. We need some prediction music. Dun, dun, dun. Um, okay, okay. I just think that if she hadn't made the initiatives that she's made, that we probably would be fine just uh, eating our huge, you know, pops and our huge Free, Big Macs Fritos. and our you know. Yeah, I our love chips, Cheetos, and, and Fritos. Me too. I do too. And I think that everybody does. And we—it's part of our culture now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Junk food is. We huge. deserve it. Like Super Bowl, you think of all the, yeah. you know, crap that goes there. I think it's. I think without her, I don't know if these changes would even be talked about. Don't you? Don't you really think so? Because, you know, there was always. There, I guess there's Oprah. There's Doctor. Yeah. What's the Doctor Oz? Yeah. All of these people are out yeah. there like pushing. Got to be healthier. Got to be healthier. Plus the mere fact that every magazine. Mm-hmm. Has some fit, weirdly, yeah. awkwardly tight body on it. Yes. It's an oxymoron for sure because we are obsessed with health, yet we love our fast, Cheetos. Our Cheetos. Which is why I think that Michelle has made a difference yeah, because. I think so. Um, because the schools are seeing a difference. That's um, really where she's focusing is yeah. are on the kids, the right? In kids, the schools, right? Let's at least make sure if we're if the government's going to provide lunches and meals. Healthy. Let's yeah. be healthy. Which um, I looked at the Food Research and Action Center um, for the up to date, um, you know, reports. Stats and yeah. Um, it thirty one point eight percent of children and adolescents are overweight or obese. A third. A third of the yeah. children are either overweight or obese. Which doesn't sound like oh well that's not the majority. Right. But now that, we're doing great. Yeah. We still have two thirds that are. Fine. Yeah, but you think of like your generation at our age was oh, not dealing my, with this. My generation. As children. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were like dissing my generation. I know. You were going to think I was going to call you old. You mean the older generation? (laughs) Just say, from now on, when we're talking about an older generation, let's always use Sean. Oh. Let's just okay. say Sean, even though we're the same generation, let's just always use Sean, like Sean's generation. Okay. So. I just, because I want to kind of be known amongst the, the younger kind of college generation. Oh, okay. My I'm a generation. Yeah. Not okay. that young. Anyways, so there, Sean's I'm overweight. sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm late on this discussion. Oh, that's good. Sean's here. Oh, Sean, put your hearing aid thing in. There you go. Put, uh, your, put your ears on, man. Okay. Anyways, you guys were not this heavy at that age. Mm-mm. And so just looking forward, she's seeing a problem before. Yeah. Anticipating the change. I think that's good. By the way, Dawn's generation. <laughs> uh, Dawn's our boss. Is that the next step Dawn's up? generation. So that's two generations from me, <laughs> which would be probably four generations from you. They didn't even, they didn't know about diets, anything like that. Yeah. And so that's, I just, I mean, it I, is just, interesting. I just want to yeah. know that generationally it's, Mm-hmm. They they were just, you know. It's changing. So, okay, so Michelle's made a lot of changes, and I've kind of made a conglomeration of the past things she's done okay, over the past few years. Conglomerate. Around four years ago, Michelle Obama launched a healthy initiative that was hoped to change the health of the entire nation. What I have asked people to do is let's act. 
Let's get going, let's move. That's why we call this initiative, Let's Move. It's about all of us getting up, getting together. We are trying to end the epidemic of childhood obesity in a generation. Uh, we're wake, working to make sure that families and communities across this country have access to quality, affordable foods. You all know this. Millions of Americans are living in food deserts. We should really talk to kids about how they feel, how they feel inside, so that we're not just dealing with the physical manifestations, but we're really tapping into what's going on inside that child. And then we want to talk about ways to make it fun. If I'm going to help my brain come to fruition, I'm going to have to feed it quality nutrition. <laughs> we love the cookies, but they're not sufficient. We need veggies to make our bodies efficient. Roll my chicken in a wrap. Don't jam it in a nugget. <laughs> Get hyped for healthy snacks, fresh food. We love it. Pretty good. Holla. You can talk to a kid um, until you're blue in the face, but if they see Mickey Mouse on a can of something, they'll be more inclined to want that. So Mickey can be on some broccoli, too. <laughs> so, but we, we have more work to do. We're not at the finish line yet. Michelle even took on the big dog topics like health care. If we are healthier people, then we won't need the health care system that we think will put us in a position that is unrealistic. You know, we're, we're in charge of our own health ultimately. And all of that goes for the adults in the room, too. Um, this isn't just about kids. We know that how we eat affects how we feel. I want to see how people around the country are moving and changing the standards for health for our kids because people are doing some amazing things. And the fun thing is, is that if we get enough of a response, we'll have a little surprise. The president and maybe the vice president will show us how they move. We must have hit the mark because they ended up making a YouTube video that got a million views. Mr. President, you ready to move? Absolutely. Let's do this thing. Let's move. After years of pushing health into a nation with over half of the people overweight, Michelle has gone where no first lady has ever gone before. I had to ask myself, can we really make a difference here? Well, today, just three and a half years later, we now have an answer to that question. And the answer is yes. Yes, we can. And the movement keeps moving forward. I am thrilled to announce our first ever national Let's Move Olympic Fun Day, inspired by the Summer Games. On Saturday, July 28th, the first day of the competition in London, we're calling on folks across the country to get involved by participating in fun activities in cities and towns across the country. I think that's cool. Uh, Michelle Obama, as you're sitting here listening, again, politics aside, how can you complain when the first lady's throwing down a wrap <laughs> about you'd rather have it in a wrap than in a nugget, <laughs> whatever. But um, it was to me, that's it's not just this is a movement we need. We need to change. Yeah. Um, and she just gave a talk 
speech, whatever you want to call it, um, recently about the changes she thinks that it's made over the last years. Here are some of the things she said. She said, in fast food ads, you're seeing egg white breakfast sandwiches and chicken wraps with a lot more lettuce on them. Um, You go to grocery stores and you find affordable fresh produce and reduced fat and salt. The mayors are making more playgrounds and bike paths for kids to play on. Um, Even the armed forces, they said that they're feeding them better because that's our national security is how healthy they are. Yeah. Um, and all of these places are seeing changes. Schools have gardens. So See, I, I had a wrap today. Oh, oh, good. I was going to lay one down. I was going <laughs> to lay a wrap down, but um, I don't wrap. You just eat them. <laughs> uh, I do not want, though, just as she was using it as an incentive, I do not want to see the president and the vice president move. Like dance, I think. Oh, it's already out there. It's got a million yeah, views. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once again, appreciate the effort. They took a laugh. I celebrate your <laughs> intentions, but do not make me watch that. <laughs> so what are you going to do because of this now? See, you're trying to make us healthier by teaching us this. Uh-huh. What are you going to do, Jess? You're leaving us in a month, in a week and a half. Yeah. It's going to feel like a month, but you're going to leave us. <laughs> and when you're gone, you're going to be healthy? You're going to stay healthy? Yeah, I plan to go running every day. Well, You're, you're going to get a life, is Not what every you're day, let's be honest. Have you, why <laughs> don't you run like... with a treadmill and a desk? Oh, no. Take a treadmill. You gotta go outside. Yeah. I can't I can't run on a treadmill. I'm gonna take Those the are, clothes off my health rider and I'm gonna start using my health rider machine. I can tell I've changed you. You've totally changed me. <laughs> I also am gonna get a wrap. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna have a wrap a day. Well. Me and Michelle are proud of you then. you again, that's you know, Michelle did great. And people get so political. That's what yeah, makes me mad. It's super political. We it doesn't all want to be healthy. Right. I mean, again, in the end, can we not all agree we need to be healthier? Right. Yep. Not, let's not make that political. Again, everyone will fight how, who's paying, what, who should be responsible for it. But, you know, in the end, when it comes to health care, we're all paying one way or another. Well, not only that, though, we want our kids to be healthy. Yeah. You, we got to we want to yeah. continue our generation. species. That's right. I yeah. mean, if the species ends, you know what? You're going to have a bad day. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I mean, not to point out the obvious. But I remember as a kid winning or passing the presidential fitness mm-hmm. thing. You had to run so many miles, and, you know, I passed it. Look at me now. You passed that? I passed it. I never once passed it. You never passed it? <laughs> no, I never, never did. Well, but you, that's, you know. That's you were more. Talented. I still remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the spokesperson for oh, yeah. that. Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, those were good days. Oh, I yeah. remember when it was Reagan, right? So Come Reagan, on, was, kids, you need to do your exercise. Yeah, I remember wow. thinking, man, if I pass this, then I'll go meet Reagan. <laughs> Wish I could have been there. This is yeah, sounding. You should have seen me. I was ripped. I was ripped. I was the my my kids are ripped. Six years, six. I mean, how old? Eight years old now. Nine years old. They're ripped. Your species will live on. My species is going to live on. <laughs> So much for that. Uh, We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking uh, healthier lives. Just the basics. Again, who better to be talking about that than Jenny Layton? She'll be joining us, the creator of the blog, The Happy Gal. She's on her way next. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your guide on the side, and today we are guiding you towards a healthier life. What better way to do that than to make sure that you can truly make some habits, break some older habits that aren't serving you? And who better to do that than the happy gal Jenny Layton is joining us. 
Jenny uh, is the creator of the blog, The Happy Gal, and the author of the newly released cookbook, Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way. Whether she's writing or speaking or blogging, Jenny draws upon her background of professional organizing uh, to, to basically make us all healthier, happier, and leave. Uh, and I think her ultimate goal is to make sure that we're reaching our best potential, we're healthy, and overall we're happy. So, Jenny, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show again. Thanks, Matt. One of our Fun favorite contributors on earth. you got to go check out her Aww. website, thehappygal.com. Oh, thanks, Matt. I always feel happier and more gallish <laughs> every time I visit your site. You, you might want to limit your time on the site if that's <laughs> no, the case. <laughs> it's starting to impact me, but it really is. It's thoughtful, and you're, the topic you're going to discuss with us today, you you have a cookbook. You're a pro at this. A released cookbook, yeah. Healthy Eating the Happy Gal Way. Were you just naturally a healthy eater? Are you one of those, oh, I need a salad, and then you just go nibble on a cucumber? <laughs> oh, I love salads, but I really love treats and mm. other kinds of foods, too. And so it's just been kind of a journey to learn how to really like healthy food and still be able to enjoy some of those treats and things in a really healthy, balanced way. Here's, so a, que- here's a quiz for you. Yeah. Give me the last treat you ate. What was the last treat you consumed? Oh, I will totally own this. I made the best chocolate chip cookies, and I had two of them this afternoon. Take that right from the happy gal. Two, <laughs> the you had two. Gal. Two is I like just had two. yeah. Two is a is an entree. It's not an entree. It's a two's an appetizer. <laughs> I know, Matt. That's the thing. I haven't always been able to just limit it to two, but I I don't know. I've done a lot of work and really learned how to listen to my body and. Um, just listen when I'm done, you know, when my body's had enough and, and giving myself permission to have treats so that, yeah. you know, when you, as soon as you tell yourself you can't have any, that's all you can think about. Yeah, exactly. At least that's how it's been for me. I really had to learn how to give myself permission and know that treats are a normal part of life and that's okay. And just make sure I pay attention to when I'm done with them and, and not overeat. That's so. a big theme we've heard on the show today is we have to we have to start being I guess present, paying attention mm-hmm. to our bodies. Our bodies will tell us. My wife's always like she'll she'll eat half of her meal and then she'll sit back and say, "Okay, yeah, that's it." And then she mm-hmm. looks at me. She, she, there's times in the past she'd say, "What's your body telling you, Matt?" And I'm like, "Shut up, I'm eating." And I just keep <laughs> shoveling food in my mouth. But my body, yeah. when I stop, when she stops, I feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. I just never I stop. Know. Yeah, well, I just like to look at it as life is just one long conveyor belt of delicious food. Mm. It's just, there's always going to be another opportunity. And so, you know, if you live in that real scarce mentality where it's like, oh, I got to get it now because I'm not letting myself have it for a long time, you really set yourself up for a cycle that's hard, you know, and then you're depriving yourself and you're overindulging and that's, that's a terrible place to be. <laughs> well, it really is. And then it, it almost seems like they complicate it too. So like the idea of a BMI, what's it called? Body mass index. I, I know that that is a remnant from the communist era because <laughs> who else would make up such an index that is that makes most of us horribly fat and the only one that can get it are medical doctors. 
They're the yeah. only ones that can, you know, break down the BMI index. And it doesn't seem right to me. So it seems complicated. Then we're talking calories and we're talking mm-hmm. proteins and fats. And so where, where are we supposed to begin with all of this, Jenny? Because well, I'm not getting we, it. Should we talk about the happy gal way, a.k.a. Let's, the easy way? Yes, please. <laughs> happy gal okay. me. Okay, well, you know, like the whole calorie in, calorie out thing, it, it has its place and it's true. However, not all calories are created the same. And when you live in that place of how many calories I've had or BMI or all those things that you were talking about, all those really sad diets, that is just a really tough place to live because you can't long-term sustain that type of lifestyle. Very few people can, right. I should say. And so the happy gal way is looking at good, sensible eating principles, and it's just old-fashioned. It's just fruits and vegetables and whole grains. And one of the big things I like to stress is having more protein and and lean protein when you eat. And so um, knowing how to combine those is is a big part of it so that you're really free to eat what you want. You just kind of know you you want to structure it around when you eat a protein and a healthy carb. Is beef jerky a lean protein? You know what? I use beef jerky as a protein. Not every day, but if you're on the road or you're oh, on yeah. vacation and you need some protein, of okay, so a moderate amount. you got to listen to your body again now. <laughs> ah. But it feels better if you do. Yeah. You know, it just does. But, yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is that so for so long I used to think I'd go as long as I could in the day without eating or, like, I'd exercise and try to hold off the hunger for as long as I could because I just burned all those calories and you know, I was back in that calorie mentality. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it is you've got to look at the way your metabolism really gets burning fast. And your metabolism goes into, like, ancient survival mode when you, you, when you go hungry. You know, it's that old, I'm going to hang on to everything uh-huh. and store it as fat. Um, and your body, even though we're now in a time where there's plenty of food, your body's still, that's the way it's Storing it, it up. Yeah, and so that will that will start to happen. So I really recommend most people need to eat every two to three hours, so meals and then snacks in between to just keep reassuring that metabolism that it's all good. It's all good. We're eating. I like I like the idea of eating every two to three hours, but then <laughs> then you're gonna pull out another principle, right? Like you know moderation. <laughs> well, if you're eating that often, you really don't want to eat a, a big plate of food every time you eat. Right. Well, you also want to make sure that what you're eating, you're not eating donuts every two to three hours. Yeah, because you know? that, I mean, well, that, who's going to eat at donuts every two? I mean, you got to spread it out. Bacon, <laughs> you cheeseburger, can, cheeseburger, we're yeah, all at once. Not, but yeah, you want to spread it out, right and that here. keeps your metabolism up. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. And here's the really cool thing is everyone I've ever worked with, everyone I've ever seen do this, there's always really, really great results. And what's so fun is your body adjusts so quickly. Your metabolism catches on so quickly. And then you really are eating often and you're eating good food and you're not hungry and you're starting to see really great results. And best of all, you're feeling really good. What's Is there a rule? So every two to three hours, I mean, that's okay. So here's an example. They'll tell you to drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. What they don't tell you is if you consume a lot of water, whatever it's supposed to be, 100, whatever, 120 ounces a day or whatever it is, you're also going to go to the bathroom, I don't know, 40 <laughs> times. It's true. So you, you've got that. So then all of a sudden, if somebody tells me I need to eat every two hours, mm-hmm. then 
then all of a sudden I've got to actually think of eating every two hours. And I've got to know what I'm going to eat. Is there just an obvious rule? Okay, you should eat as much as in your... Like I always hear somebody say about like almonds or whatever. Handful of almonds every Mm -hmm. so many hours. And so what's the rule? Or is it just, okay, I guess I need lean protein. For me, I'd have to go look up lean proteins. I'd have to go probably buy a lean protein. How do you get ahead of the game so this is more natural? Okay, so I have a lot of great solutions. So in the cookbook, there's a big list of different kinds of proteins, and there's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts, all healthy and awesome, delicious stuff. It's all in the book. Cool. All in the book. So that's a good resource. Another good resource I just posted a few days ago, um, 25 protein sources, so different ways you can get your protein. There you go, yeah. That's a great resource, too. But what you're really asking, so this is what derails everyone from healthy eating, I think, is that it's just, it's hard. Yeah, it is. You know, you have to, you can't just eat whatever is on the table at the office for lunch or, you know, walk into a restaurant and order whatever because you've got, you've got to know what it is you can eat and you've got to be prepared if you've got a busy day. And so... There's this concept that I teach with clients that I work with on my blog, and I, I really feel like success really hinges on this concept, and that is you either pay the price of success or you pay the price of failure, but either way you're going to pay a price. Mm. So That's when it a comes great to healthy quote, yeah. Eating, yeah. So when it comes to healthy eating, you can pay the price of developing some new habits, and that price is so minimal compared to the price of what happens if you just keep going the way you know, you might be going if you're not eating healthy and you're suffering, you know, body that doesn't feel good, clothes that don't fit right, feeling not very confident in yourself and potential health problems. That's a pretty high price. to Oh, pay. yeah. And so it just you just have to look at it as either way you're going to be paying a price. The, the Paying the price of failure is just a lot more subtle. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but yeah, if you can really look at it as, um, you know, there is a little price to pay. It's, it's planning ahead, and it's, it's learning what you need to eat. But really, if you are committing to four to six weeks of eating healthy and you're looking at your week and saying, oh, I'm going to be on the run here or I'm going to be out late, I need to plan for food here, you're going to get in a habit of doing that, and it's going to just get to be such an automatic behavior that really it becomes as easy as what you're doing right now. I mean, at some point, it's your life, right? You're, yeah. Write the check. You're going to yeah. write it at one end or another. You're going to write it right now to, to be able to reap the benefits, or you're going to write it later and reap the consequences. But mm-hmm. just know it's your check. The check. You're, you're, you're reading my mind. Man, it's, <laughs> it really <laughs> it seems like a no-brainer again. And we've talked about that earlier with Tom Rath, but it's uh, this human nature thinks, eh, I think I can get through. I mean, you know, there's just one bag of Cheetos. A, yeah. A, a day. Well, we just live in such a busy go, go, go time and culture that it's hard to slow down. Even when something is a priority, it's just hard to slow down and make the time for it. And so you just have to really look at those prices that you're paying and just tell yourself, you know, I'm just going to take the next month and really commit to this. And you'd just be surprised at how fast those things start to become habit and how much easier it becomes. Man. It's like you know what you're talking about, Jen. It's like you. It's like you thought this through. Well, 
this is the old, you know, 12 cookie girl that just had two cookies this afternoon. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so I know that's an accomplishment. That's a huge accomplishment and save the other two for me. We're going to take okay. a break. We're talking with Jenny Layton, the creator of the blog, The Happy Gal, and the author of the newly released cookbook, Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way. More to come. Go check out that website, thehappygal.com, and we'll be back with Jenny after this. everybody this is the matt townsend show today we are taking on health we're going to give you the tools we've been talking to the pros today about the basics just the simple little basic things that can help you find a healthier a happier life and we brought in the big guns today jenny layton is joining us not that she's big i'm not saying that i'm just saying she's the big guns she's the author of a newly released cookbook Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way. She's a blogger, and if you go to her website, the blog, thehappygal.com, you know, you'll find everything you need to know. Jenny lives in Kaysville, Utah, with her husband and five children. She's a coach, a blogger, a speaker, an author, and uh, by the way, she seriously, you know, overcame massive temptation today. She could have downed a plate of chocolate chip cookies, but she chose to just have two. Jenny Layton, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. That is perhaps the best compliment you could give me was that last one. You did. You nailed it, <laughs> right? I I did. I've always said I'm gonna, I am gonna. I want to be on my deathbed with chocolate chip cookies. That's always been my favorite. Really? So, yeah. That's, love you, them. You know, um, have you ever just sat up, you know, maybe you were eating chocolate chip cookies, I don't know, like in a lazy boy chair? And you, you got up, and then you went to bed, but you had chocolate chips melted all over your shirt. Have you ever had that? I, I never have, but that really? leads me to have to ask you. No, me neither. Me neither. Question. Nope. Never? Nope. We've just read about it. Yeah, I've had friends that have that problem. But my, <laughs> I, my yeah, they, they weren't melted. They were just kind of stuck <laughs> to my body. I just, I just love how we can own, you know, what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we try to do on the show. We try to help people as long as you know i'm just trying to i'm trying to channel the problems that other people have yeah chocolate chips all over their body after eating chips in a chair (laughs) how about how about this one have you ever done this one have you ever been do you have a lazy boy chair in your house jenny i don't yeah me yeah me either but um i mean a lot of people do and so hypothetically let's say you were in a lazy boy chair eating cheetos okay hypothetically Mm -hmm. And the chair, you know, was leaning back so far, you actually, I've had a friend that once had this happen, and he couldn't get, the chair, he couldn't get back up. (laughs) He was so relaxed, but his his fingertips were all orange with Cheeto dust. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like... And he needed, like, intervention. It sounds like... Yeah. He's not my friend anymore. (laughs) You... You won't associate with people like no. that. I mean, yeah. what a mess. <laughs> but that's a good true friend for you. <laughs> that's why I wouldn't buy a lazy boy chair. We, yeah. My, yeah. my wife got rid of, we used to have one a long time ago. Matt, we're not yeah. friends anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's James. James, yeah, James, that was James I was talking about. James. Well. She does, yeah. So um, anyway, we're back with uh, Jenny Layton, creator of the blog The Happy Gal and healthy eating expert. She wrote the book, for heaven's sakes, Eat Healthy Eating the Happy Gal Way. And it works, Jen. I've met you. You're in great shape. You're healthy. You you could have had 12 cookies. You chose two. What, what helped yeah. you there? Really, the biggest thing is you've got to you've got to just be familiar enough with your body and what it feels like when you're done. Yeah. And you know what? I think this brings up a really important point because there's the idea of I mean, food just tastes so good. I mm. love food. Do you? you See, know? Again, I'm not, and people know this. I'm not. I'm not like a big food lover. I'll, I'll eat not? it, but I, I don't think about food a lot. It's uh-huh. it's kind of I just use it to energize me. <laughs> I just well, need energy, but I don't, I'm not into it. I don't like get excited to go to a restaurant and eat. Uh-huh. Well, and you know what? That's, that's a lot of, some people feel that way. Yeah. I would think the majority of people really enjoy yeah. food no, I think a lot. You're right. And that's why we have a hard time stopping. But one of the things I've really had to learn is that there's more to the food than you're, that you're eating than just how it's tasting in the moment. Hmm. Um, it tastes really good, but part of that taste then is how I'm going to feel afterwards. And I've had to learn how to project ahead a few minutes or a half an hour and think, how am I going to feel if I keep eating this and start to really feel inside my body, okay, that bite was just so good a second ago, but this bite just isn't quite as good. Hmm. And I can tell it's just going to keep going downhill from here. So it's like it's peaked. You know, yeah. the taste value has peaked and it's going down and that is the time when you want to stop. They, they always say you so. should slow down, but you're even saying more than slow down. You're saying, you know, kind of get present in what you're feeling real time and then anticipate what you want to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's powerful. It's it's not about chew your food 5,000 times before you swallow it. It's just what is your body telling you? I, I've gone to restaurants that I know makes me, the, 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 the food will make me sick. And yet mm-hmm. I'm like, showing up. There I am. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be so sick after this, but let's go. I know. I'm ordering it's so messed thing. up. Yeah. So I think it's really important with healthy eating to start to wrap our mind around the way that healthy food tastes, because that's the other showstopper with healthy eating. We talked a minute ago about if it's hard and it's not convenient and I'm not prepared, yeah. then you can kiss it goodbye. The other showstopper is if it doesn't taste good, I don't care how disciplined or committed you are. If it doesn't taste good and you don't enjoy it, there's going to come a point where you're done. Right. And so learning how to make healthy eating taste good is really important. And then also really reading your body and knowing what it is that you need to eat at that time, um, mm-hmm. that what will taste best. So there's this great example of if you are in the desert and dying of thirst, are you going to be craving a big that juicy slice of pepperoni pizza. No. Well, I might actually. But yeah, (laughs) but no, you're going to want water, right? Yeah, you're going to want what your body needs the most. And so if we can start to pay a little more attention to our bodies and and really listen to what it wants, sometimes it really does want some good clean vegetables or it might want a lean protein or some really good whole grain or something. And um, start to look at how that tastes when you're eating. Have you ever had that experience when you order just the right thing and you're not ordering it because because you can or because you're out or because you're celebrating, but really it just hits the yeah. spot. Oh, and yeah. 
So food can be like that all the time if you pay attention to your body and what you need and ask yourself the right questions. What do I need right now? Do I need, you know, in the grand scheme of this day, what is missing? And um, a lot of the recipes that I have in the cookbook really help you with that because it's designed to help you know how to fit in those proteins and those different vegetables and fruits and whole grains in a really healthy, delicious way. Are your children getting used to all the goodness that you bring? I mean, you're bringing. I, hope so. I mean, because my my sister's children they they love peppers and they could just cut up a pepper and lo- eat a pepper, like a bell pepper with um you know just some dressing and I just sit there and I look at my kids that won't they don't mm-hmm. they won't try anything. Mm-hmm. Some of them are better than others. I have some that just naturally have a a knack for healthy food. One thing I did do, though, when I started to eat a lot healthier a few years ago was just decide that I wasn't going to force it on any of them. And so I would make meals that were healthy, like grilled chicken and vegetables and bread and fruit. And then I would, you know, if I didn't need the bread, you know, bread always is going to taste good. But if my body really didn't need it, I'd skip that, but still offer it to my kids and kind of um, almost by osmosis, they would start to know what healthy eating was, and I wouldn't make them eat certain things, but I've just noticed now when I'm eating my omelet for breakfast, my little girls are always wanting to sneak a bite, or at lunch, they'll they'll want some of my salad, or they'll want a smoothie, or just, you know, some of my healthier desserts they're starting to like, and I would so much rather have them want to have it rather than me telling them, oh, we're not having cookies anymore. Yeah, put (laughs) the cookies away. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, at our house, yeah. you know you're done having it when it's gone. Because uh-huh. my kids just, if we put out cookies, they're gone. And when they're gone, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a really personal thing, too, where we've got to, you want to, you want to influence your children. You don't want to become the tyrant. I know people that used to lock their fridge, mm-hmm. and they would lock that bad boy down. And, you know, in the middle of the night, you'd hear a noise in the kitchen and three kids would be gnawing on the, mm, the handle of yeah. the refrigerator to get in. Uh, you don't yeah. want to you don't want to create conditions just, you know, by being a dictator. No. And that's that's so interesting, because when you treat yourself that way, when you're a dictator to yourself, when you won't allow yourself to ever have anything and then you overcompensate the second you get the chance, or you yeah. say, I don't care anymore, I'm just going to have it you unconsciously are modeling that behavior to your kids and you're creating that environment in your family. That's pretty eye-opening, I think. It you is. Know, I think that's some really good uh, reason to want to make a little more peace with yourself and your body and invest in your health. What, what advice do you give the person, just the average person, that needs to begin a healthier diet? If you were going to just say, here's the one thing to get you started, where do we begin? I think the biggest thing you need to do after you're educated, and we gave some of that education at the beginning of this segment, just making sure that you're understanding eating more frequently, eating a healthy protein and a healthy carb when you eat. To make that work, you've got to take the time to sit down and plan out your meals at first. Mm. Yeah, you do. There's going to be a time. It'll come automatically, and I don't have to be that meticulous anymore, though I do still menu plan to make sure I always have stuff on hand. But it just, like, my salads don't just show up on my counter at lunchtime. <laughs> and so I have to plan that I have ingredients on hand, and I have to plan when I'm going to make it. Because, as we mentioned, I have five kids and a busy house, and I just don't have 20, 30 minutes to make myself lunch. It has right. to happen fast. So I have to, for dinner, when I have a little more meal preparation time, cut up extra so I can throw a salad together really quickly at lunch or something. 
And so to get started, I would just say plan out those healthy things and and have them on hand. So That's great. And then the, the theme that you've just gently beat into our heads is simply pay attention to what your body's saying. Your body's yeah. talking like no more bread. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. And I didn't, I have to be honest, I didn't believe that would work when I was first introduced to the concept. I, through sheer discipline, had tried to overcome my cravings and tried to just eat healthy and never allow myself to have unhealthy things. And when someone introduced this concept to me, I thought, it is not going to work. Because if I gave myself the chance to eat whatever I wanted, I'd eat the whole thing of cookies. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, when I was in a calm place and paying attention to what I was eating and actually allowed myself to eat what sounded good... There were partway into the meal, I I could feel I was as full as I wanted to yeah. be, and That's stopped, it. and it was awesome. Oh, That's such a better way to then, live. Then you've had a victory. Then you've won. Yeah. Good stuff, Jenny. Again, everybody, go check out her website, uh, happygal.com. It's her blog, happygal.com, and on there you can go read you know excerpts from her book, uh, Healthy Eating: The Happy Gal Way. Jenny Layton. You're the best. So appreciate it. I'm now going to go get some chocolate chip cookies. Ever since you brought that up, I've been craving them. So I'm going <laughs> to go get cookies. No, just kidding. That's bad. We're taking a break. When we come back, Maddie has some tips about kicking unhealthy habits. Uh, we're also going to see what we can learn from Sean about uh, some, some changes he's made in his life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. There's the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show. Today, we've been talking about the basics, you know, food, sleep, exercise, movement, tons of great learning today. And uh, I can tell it's making a difference in the lives of many. In fact, um, not to not to embarrass anybody, but Jess walked in the studio to to do this final segment. She she hasn't eaten for days. She hasn't slept. She's falling apart. She's destroyed because in in one week she's going to be leaving our show and having to go enter the real world and work. Um, and not like you don't work here, but when she uh, she right when she walked in, she just took a right turn and stepped right into a garbage can, <laughs> oh, and it sounded something like this. Oh no! Please no! Mommy! Mommy! No, there's a garbage can. My eyes, my eyes. It was something uh, like that. No, we ad libbed some of that, but it was pretty only bad. Only some of it. That was a mess. <laughs> that yeah. was a mess. Luckily, the room's semi padded because that helped a lot. Out at you, those garbage yeah. cans. Actually, no, it was it's been there the whole Stationary time. Stationary, right there. You stepped yeah. right into it. <laughs> so part of part of the basics would be make sure you get eye care. Mm-hmm. Make sure oh, you yes. have your eyes yes. checked. You know. Uh, My new glasses, I'm seeing a lot more. So here's the deal. As we wrap up this last segment, we're going to go to do two things. Maddie Richards has put together a really good segment about you know how to kick addiction and some unhealthy habits. Let's go listen to Maddie and find out what, uh, what she's got to teach. I have a confession to make. I'm a chocoholic. 
I love chocolate so much. It is the best thing in the world, in my opinion, probably my favorite food. But lately, I've been wondering if this has become an addictive behavior. Some people tell themselves, no, you can't be addicted to sugar or soda. You're only addicted to really bad things like drugs and alcohol. But you can just as easily be addicted to sugar. <gasps> I know, crazy. So what do you do when you realize that I think I have a problem with sugar? We have a great program, a few steps for you here to kick your addiction. Number one. Admit that you have a problem. Say it right now. I am a chocoholic. Say it, Matt. I am a chocoholic. All right. Now you have admitted that we have a problem. We're ready to move forward. Step two, get it out. Don't have it in the house. Get rid of it. Make sure that you aren't going to buy it at the grocery store. You're not going to run and get some on your way home from work. It's not in the house. It's gone. Step three. Find a new way to reward yourself. After a long day, we reward ourselves with sugar or treat all the time. Instead, say, I get to go buy a new book at the bookstore. I get to go meet up with a friend. I'm going to go have a massage. But be careful that you don't trade one addictive behavior for another. Don't trade your need for ho-hos from Hostess for shoes from Nordstrom's you got to make sure that one compulsive behavior isn't leading to another one. Number four, slowly decide how much you can handle. Beware of the just one drink phenomenon. A lot of people say, I can handle just one and I'm not going to binge after that. I'll just have one. Be careful. Set your limits. Say, I'm going to buy this many to last me for a month. I can't buy any more and if I eat it all the first day, then it's gone. Ration it. Make yourself say, I can't eat more than this today because then I'll be out. I'm not saying you should get rid of your sweets altogether. I would die without chocolate. But it's healthy to have a limit and say, no, I can only eat this piece today. And then I'm done for the day. That will be my chocolate for the day. The next step, if you want something sweet, go for something that is a little bit healthier. Fresh fruit is great because it will take over your sugar craving, but it's a lot healthier than the sugary foods you've been eating. And the last step, stay on top of it. Don't go for a month and then treat yourself at Christmas and then forget everything and fall back off the wagon. This is one day at a time. Every day you're gonna try to be a little bit better and you're gonna set those rules for yourself. This is the program for kicking your sugary sweet addiction. If you follow it, you're going to feel a lot healthier, have more energy. And that's especially to you, Matt. You've got to have some more energy for the show. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> hey, by the way, let's be real. Uh, her addiction is not chocolate. It's 80s music. I, I kind of felt like we were on one of those like Can't you see shows, that? workout totally. shows. Can't you see her coming like with a headband on and leg warmers? All right, everybody. Yeah. We're going to kick that habit. <laughs> but so seriously, though, I, I was classic. walking in, in the office yesterday and I said, oh, man, I, I want some candy so bad. And she's like, oh, come over here. In her purse was a whole bag oh, I know. of yeah, M&M's, always M&Ms chocolate. Have and you I ever, she walked in once, one of the first times I met her, she walked in and had chocolate smeared all over. 
over her mouth, <laughs> and her teeth were like brown. Oh, hi, man. Uh, oh, my I'm name's Maddie. She's not even here to defend herself. That's why we're doing it. Okay, this is such a good show. Because Maddie, see, if you're going to leave a recorded piece, then we get to talk about it. But that was really great advice. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, it was. Yeah. James, did that help you with your addiction? Yeah, it did actually. Stealing uh, car parts? Yeah, I have felt that that gives me um, more energy, but maybe it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're right. It doesn't. You need to quit doing that. Well, try chocolate. I hear it works great. <laughs> replace it That's with a great one. idea. Isn't that what yeah. she said? Replace it? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you don't want to replace it with another addiction. In fact, right. if you want to start right now, I think Maddie's not here. You could just go in her desk right now and start getting some chocolate. She has a lot. Mm-hmm. If you've ever <laughs> she also has in jerky. There. She actually, good, what? healthy snacks. She does do that. Does she? Yeah. yeah she has healthy. jerky. That's, you know, well, you have to when you're healthy? an 80s aerobics yeah, instructor. Exactly. <laughs> Tastes good. <laughs> well, good stuff. Here's the deal. One thing I wanted to talk to Sean about, we only have a minute or so, is Sean has made a big life-changing decision. Oh, I, this was a while ago. I mean, like years ago. Yeah. yeah, but so talk about that because that's that took some serious guts, no pun intended. Well, yes, that, that is true. Uh, a few years ago, uh, probably about almost 11 years ago, actually 10 years ago, um, I weighed a lot more than I do right now. And I'm I'm a big person – as I am right well, now, big, full of love, full of heart, yeah, full sure. of everything, and a teddy bear. Yeah, um, but no, I weighed, I weighed close to, th- uh, I was, actually, I weighed three hundred fifty pounds. Did you? Yeah. And you're not tall, so no, that's I'm not. That was <laughs> yeah, heavy. It was, it was very heavy. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, and so I decided to do gastric bypass surgery. That's a big decision, right? It, and it that was, was even ten years ago yeah. when I was lucky though because my sister had already done it and my mother had already done it. So you so had some insight. I had some insight into it. I, I knew the doctor that I wanted to go to because he had already done uh, the surgeries for my, my mom and my sister. And uh, he had a very nice program that, that talked about exactly what was going to happen and what, what you should do. And it was amazing for me, actually. But that, that's a, the deal is it's, it was a change you made, but it's a yeah. change you have to make every day. Yeah. I, I, I did lose. I went down to 220 pounds. Did you really? Yeah. Um, I have gained some back, but I'm still about 80 pounds below yeah. what I was. So Well, I'm glad you did. Mm, so am I. You, you're, our, you're the producer. Yeah. But don't have any of that chocolate. No, I won't. You know what? You need a new hobby, too. You need to go start start stealing car parts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hear I you. Want a you have to run actually. really hard. Well, he'll get you one. Okay. Let's, let's all just mix up our habits. Mix it up. You don't want my <laughs> I habit. take a chocolate one. <laughs> yeah. Sean, I'll take you out and we can steal car parts Plus, together. your Sweet. habit is very simply just stepping in garbage cans. Um, <laughs> anyway, here's our quote for the day, right? You are free to choose, friends, but you are not free from the consequences of your choices, right? The consequences will be governed by the principles you live or not. You're free to choose, though. You don't get to choose the consequences. Hey, coming up on the show, uh, we're going to have a great weekend. But on Monday, this is the deal. We're back here, and we're going to be talking about future-directed therapy. We're going to be talking with the developer the, the developer of future-directed therapy, Dr. Janice Vilhauer. That's the show, folks. Thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back right here on BYU Radio next Monday. <laughs>